Welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family, and we are so delighted that you've welcomed us into your home wherever you are. We would love to hear from you, so send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at EWTN.com. Well, today our guest is Kimberly Henkel, and today we have Kimberly joining us. She is a foster and adoptive mother to four beautiful children. She has founded an outstanding ministry called Springs in the Desert, which is a Catholic infertility ministry. And in conjunction with that, her mission that she started, Springs of Love, which focuses on bringing the good of foster care and adoption to Catholic families. So go to her beautiful website, Springs of Love. It's on EWTN On Demand, or you can go to her website, springsoflove.org. If you go to EWTN On Demand to find her, it's under pro-life. Yeah, EWTN.com uh, mm -hmm. forward slash on demand. And when you get to on demand, sometimes there's so many shows yeah, over there. Yeah, there's so many Look shows. under the pro-life mm -hmm. tab. Category. Or category, yeah. and then mm -hmm. you'll find it. Yeah. And so, you know, you're going to be hearing a lot on EWTN about all the things that are happening in this month of January. So we have the um, March for Life that will be taking place, the Walk for Life West Coast. And the theme for uh, the March for Life is with every woman for every child. And hopefully uh, state, locally, they'll be having marches or rallies or masses. And you might want to attend that if you can't make the one on the East Coast or the West Coast. There's lots of things happening in between. Yeah. Um, and we will be having our state <coughs> march um, this Saturday here in Birmingham. It's not a march. It's a Nine mass. Nine o'clock Respect Life mm -hmm. Mass at the cathedral. At the cathedral. And then 1045 at Planned Parenthood in Birmingham. We invite you to come. Right. And so uh, it will be a rally and a gathering to pray. So very important, blessed show today. Speaking about those precious children uh, that hundreds of thousands in foster care that, that are looking to be with someone or to be adopted. Um, the mothers that place these child, these children for adoption, those who receive the child, what the parish can do to support people uh, in this way of foster care and adoption. So many areas, but it's all about God's children. And I pray that we would ask throughout the show, Lord, what would you have me to do? How do I support this movement within the pro-life movement? Foster care, adoption, embracing your children. So plenty more to come. We'll be right back. Please don't go away. Welcome back. We're at home with Jim and Joy. And today, as our guest, we have Kimberly Henkel joining us. Now, Kimberly is an adoptive mother to four beautiful children, and she founded a ministry called Springs in the Desert, 
which is a Catholic infertility ministry. And in conjunction with that, a mission that she started called Springs of Love, which focuses on bringing the good of foster care and adoption mm. to Catholic families. You can also watch series of Springs of Love on Catholic On Demand, or you could go to our website, springsoflove.org, to find out more. So, well, Kimberly, we are excited to have you here today. And we enjoyed looking at the videos. We went to EWTN.com forward slash on demand. There's a tab, pro-life. You put in pro-life, come down. And there are beautiful videos on Springs of Love where couples are telling their stories about their infertility, about their adoption process, what it was like for them. Um, and so we want you to tell our family a little bit about your story um, and how God brought beauty out of all of your ashes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so, I mean, thank you so much for having me because it's such a gift to be able to share this, to share our story, what God has done in our family and how he's using the heartache and suffering that we went through to, um, to just bring so much good in the world. And, you know, I love the way he works, right? It's mm -hmm. just, you know, um, when my husband and I got married, uh, we had graduated from the, the John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family. And we thought we are going to have this big, beautiful Catholic family. That was our dream. And then we just never got pregnant. And it was devastating. It was completely devastating. Um, we did all the things, you know, we did the NAPRA technology and we were charting and, and just nothing was happening. And I mean, that took a toll on our marriage. It really did. And we were, at the time, we couldn't find any sort of ministry to accompany us. We just felt like sort of is anybody else struggling like this? Because it's such a private suffering, many people don't share. Um, so anyway, I ended up reconnecting with a friend from grad school at a conference and she, I shared with her my struggle and she said, oh my gosh, I'm, I am too. I'm, my husband and I are struggling with infertility and I've never shared that with anybody. And so it was just so wonderful to find a kindred spirit, somebody going through this who was, you know, as faithful of a Catholic as I was and, you know, just really trying to find meaning and like, what does my marriage look like if I can't have children? And so um, we started um, really kind of leaning on each other for support. And as we, as our relationship, as our friendship grew, um, I was invited to write a paper, an academic paper about infertility. I invited her to write it with me. And we wrote this paper, Springs, Springs in the Desert. Mm -hmm. And, and out of that, we were like, well, let's, maybe we should uh, put up a website. And then it turned into this beautiful ministry. It was like this surprise kind of, we weren't setting out to do this, but now we do retreats and um, around the country and we offer all this support. So that was this very beautiful fruitfulness that we found. But um, so that aspect is infertility, streams in the desert. Springs, springs, springs in the desert, springs. yes. Streams is pretty good too. Yes, yes, that's true. Okay. But you know, but, the beauty of that is as you know, you were journeying thinking, I'm the only Catholic woman that's experiencing this. And then in the midst of your misery and your suffering and your sorrow, which sometimes it's like so dark and it's like, no, this, there's so much heartache here. Um, but God brought you someone where you had a kindred spirit with, where you could say, well, let's see what I'm going to do. Because as God does, as he always does, he always is looking to bring a greater good out of all of our sorrows 
Um, because that's what he does. He redeems things. Yes. And you're like, Lord, how? And, and sometimes it, couples that are infertile, they even curse God. They curse the darkness. Like this shouldn't, this isn't how this is supposed to be. You know, I'm, I cross all the T's. I dotted all the I's. I'm, I want to be fruitful and multiply. And God says, well, wait till see what I do with you. So tell us about your husband, Greg, and his journey in this process. Yeah, it's interesting because men and women grieve infertility differently. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of, you know, started focusing on his job, just getting really involved with that and just kind of pushed it aside. But as a woman, you know, you have that monthly reminder. It's just, it never goes away. And so I was just constantly reminded of, you know, there's no baby this month, there's no baby coming. And I started pressing him a little bit like, can we look at another path? Because I'm getting really tired of this path and I, I'm tired of trying. I just want to like let go and let God do what he wants to do. And could we begin to look into fostering and adopting? And he was, you know, at first he just said, well, let's just keep trying. Let's just keep trying. And I was like, I'm done trying. Uh, so finally I, I was able to convince him to just like, go and look into it, like start taking some classes for fostering, just to find out about it. And we began taking the classes and he says, I mean, it opened up his eyes to this world of need that he had no idea. There are over 400,000 children in foster care and you know, that are in need of loving families. And so it kind of started our path. I want to say something at that point. because I mentioned our watching that particular video on you and your family. And I thought, you know, Greg just made such a great point. You know, there's a lot of questions about do we do foster care or not, or adoption or not. You know, am I up to that? Who is this child? How does this work? What's going on? And then he said, when I heard 400,000 children are in foster care waiting to be connected with loving parents, I thought to myself, then uh, these are God's children. And I'm so focused on me, which you need to be. You got to ask the questions. But they said, once I got that, these are God's children, and here they are. They need us. Then that shifted everything for him. And I think that's really mm. an, an important insight. Yeah, it was so amazing. And and we waited some time. You know, we went ahead and got licensed, and uh, we waited a while for that first call. And um, because they did know we wanted to adopt, so we were considered a foster to adopt placement. Okay. So they were looking for children who might be eligible to be adopted. So when they called us for that first child, I mean, it was I was just overjoyed. I mean, so excited. But my husband was a little nervous. He was just like, what does this mean for our family? Like, are we, because the man is the protector and, you know, he wanted to protect my heart. Mm -hmm. And here we're bringing a child in who may not stay, which is right. a little scary. Um, but it, it was just a beautiful experience. And, and I'll tell you the grace that, that, I, that we both experienced during those first few days when we brought him home, I, was, I just was overwhelmed by that sense that this is God's child. Mm. I mean, it just, it was so clear to me. And I thought, even if he only stays with us for six months, mm. for a year, for two years, um, I know that I'm giving him everything he needs. Right. And there was a real like peace about that. And, and what a beautiful mission that, you know, when, and so many people are afraid to take that journey um, where it's just to do foster care with the option to adopt. 
um, because it's such a risk. It's like, wait a minute, I'm going to give my heart, but isn't that what God does? And it's like, just give, pour your heart into this child. And, and it may be for two months, it may be for two years, and then all of a sudden things work out in the courts and he's going back to his birth mother. And then it's like, but ev nothing is wasted. Right, Absolutely. but it's and, and you grow as a human being. What what blossomed inside of you and uh, the what you saw yourself as a woman? It's like oh, I I love I I'm this is the best version of me. I give myself away to another human being. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I grew in that, you know, being a mother. I mm -hmm. became a mother, and I began actually looking at everybody younger than me in, in a more maternal sense, yeah. you know, looking out for them. Um, you know, it, it did. It awakened something mm -hmm. in me, and uh, <clears throat> it was amazing. And with Anthony, it was such an, an amazing gift. We did end up getting to adopt him. Yes. So... That was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then soon after, we found out about twin girls, our twin girls that were getting ready. Um, their grandmother was raising them and was looking right. for somebody to adopt them. And I was like, we'll take them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we ended up bringing in the girls <laughs> who were just five months younger than my son. <laughs> and so we had triplets all of a sudden, mm -hmm. which was very exciting and, and, and fun. Anthony's such a sharing kid. Now, some kids aren't, mm -hmm. but yes. I, I've watched this and he was just like, he just took them in, his arms around, sharing his little toys and stuff. That's a blessing. You had a you had a Henkel daycare. I mean, immediately, didn't you? Henkel Circus. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it was it was yeah. It went from you know no children and mm -hmm. just we had had this we bought a home that already had a nursery in it, mm -hmm. and it was so sad, right? Because I I couldn't look at it anymore. Mm -hmm. I was just like close the door. Right. And then suddenly we were like bursting at the seams mm -hmm. with with new life. So that was just such a miraculous, amazing challenging time but so I mean just I was like how did God do this like mm -hmm. how did this happen mm -hmm. so um so when the children were four years old we found out about our little John Paul and he he was in foster care and we brought him in and uh didn't again didn't know if we would get to adopt him and and it was great for the kids I'll tell you because we had always as a family prayed for the needy children, for the children in need of families. Mm -hmm. We always prayed that. And um, the children have such a heart for the children, for, for mm -hmm. other children who were like them, who were in that need of a loving family. And we would pray and we brought John Paul in and my daughter Zaley turned to me one day and she's like, is John Paul a needy kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, he is. She's like, we have a needy kid. <laughs> it was this, it was just the sweetest thing. And so they knew that we were taking care of him and hoping and praying for his birth mm -hmm. mom to get better so that she could take care of mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. So she was in our prayers and they actually went to visits with me yeah. and could see her crying. And they would say, you know, why is JP's mother mm -hmm. crying? And I'm like, because she wants to be with him and she's trying so hard, but you know, it's hard. She's had a, a different life. She's had a really difficult life and um, we just wanted to pray and support her. But in the end, we did end up getting to adopt John Paul, which was a joy for us. But again, with adoption, it's always, you know, it's like that bittersweet mm -hmm. because you know that his birth mother isn't gonna get to have him back her again. Her arms are empty. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so our hearts with like Springs of Love yeah. are very much um, yeah. with the birth families, the birth mothers, the birth yeah. fathers who have lost custody of their children or or chosen that very heroic, mm -hmm. brave yeah. thing to place their child mm -hmm. with another family, which is heartbreaking and devastating. Um, we want to walk with them, too, mm -hmm. right. you know, with the foster families, with the adoptive families. 
with the adoptees, but also with those birth families. Like we, they are not forgotten. We don't right. ever want to forget the birth families. Mm -hmm. We want to honor them. We want to pray for them. We want our children to um, always understand like how courageous they were to choose life. So are the adoptions that you were able to do through the foster care, are they open adoptions, closed adoptions? How does that work? Is it final? Are yeah. you able to have a relationship? Yeah, every situation is different. Mm -hmm. So in foster care, the rights of the parents have been terminated mm -hmm. against their will. So there usually is not an open adoption because it's not, you know, it, it wasn't their mm -hmm. choice. Yeah. Um, you know, I went ahead and gave my phone number mm -hmm. to John Paul's birth mother and said, please stay in touch, mm -hmm. you know? And so we have a beautiful relationship, but with each child, it's it's different. Right. It depends on the scenario, what's going on with the birth families. Are they healthy? Can they mm -hmm. be in a healthy relationship or not? So it's really dependent. Mm -hmm. But with our twins, you know, we have a, a an open adoption with yeah. that, with their birth families. And, um, I mean, their birth family, their, yeah. their birth mom and birth dad and the birth grandparents. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of times people forget about the, the grandparents, right. but mm -hmm. their grandmother is very much a part of our of our family. Mm -hmm. And we are very connected with her mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. so it's it's really beautiful and it's unexpected and it's a surprise and it's more love for the children. So yes. their grandmother is Mima to all of my children, mm -hmm. you know, like they all see her. And, yeah. So that's your story, and now you're spilling into Springs of Love. How long did Springs of Love take, you know, before you developed it with taking your own children on? Was it happening simultaneously? Yeah, no. No? <laughs> we were starting Springs in the Desert right when we started um, yeah. adopting. Yeah. And, um, but as we were going along with Springs in the Desert, we really are trying to help fam couples grieve the loss mm -hmm. of their ability to conceive and to see that as a legitimate grief. And they need time and space to really, to, to go through that, to suffer that, to, to be ministered to. And so that's our hope with Springs in the Desert, that they'll get to the point where they will, they will begin to see how God is making them fruitful mm -hmm. and find that fruitfulness that God yeah. wants for them. Yeah. So Springs of Love became right. a separate ministry. Yeah. Um, you know, so when couples have gone through Springs in the Desert, if they feel perhaps, right. are we called? Right. You know, we offer a, um, a virtual, a free discernment retreat. Mm -hmm. We call it Be Not Afraid because right. like you said, so many people are very afraid. It's mm -hmm. terrifying to right. think of fostering particularly, but even adoption, you think, will this child ever love me? Will mm -hmm. they be pining for their lost family? Mm -hmm. Will they be feeling like they don't really belong with us? Am I gonna feel connected right. to Am this child? Am I gonna child? be able to bond with this child? Yes. Mm -hmm. and, um, um, yeah, so there's a lot of, that's why we wanted to create support and community yeah. and discernment yeah. and, and a place for people um, to really, to, to hear stories, yeah. to see beautiful stories right. of families who have fostered and adopted. Where are you doing these discernment retreats? People are hearing about you, you're getting invited in, are you connecting with parishes saying who you are and some priests are on it and saying, this is really important. I don't know of any discernment retreats regarding foster care and adoption. And right. it's wonderful that you're doing that. Yes. Well, um, I know in the in the in the Springs in the Desert community, people kept asking me, "How do you discern this? How do you discern fostering and adoption? Are we ready? How do we do? We have to stop treatment, mm -hmm. and then at that point, we, we we exhaust all of our options there, and then we open up, and and they they just having trouble navigating that. So, um, so we just created an online 
Um, a like a retreat. A free, okay. like yeah. it's, a, it's a group of videos. Yeah, so, so you can go to our website, springsoflove.org, mm -hmm. and just register for the Be Not Afraid Foster and Adoption Discernment Retreat. But we are looking at trying yeah. to create a, a retreat like this in dioceses. Mm -hmm. And we're talking with the Columbus Diocese right now about possibly offering one this year. Right. And being able to have those in person, and I was thinking how, how wonderful if we could do maybe one day, a one day Springs in the Desert infertility retreat, and then the next yeah. day a Springs of back Love, so that if couples want to go to both, yeah. they can, mm -hmm. or they can just choose one. Yeah. But um, We're going to yeah. take a break at this point okay. and hold you over for the final segment. So much to share. I hope everyone is listening out there, whether you're lay people, deacons, priests, bishop, uh, the whole thing of how can we serve in this most important aspect of, of the movement itself. Foster care, adoption, supporting families. So we'll be right back, plenty more to come, don't go away. conversation with Dr. Kimberly Henkel and speaking about this greatly important area of God's children and foster care and, and adoption. And you, you mentioned a phrase that was kind of like new to me, which was foster care to adopt. And then I guess it's just straight up foster care. And then we have adoption. And so what's the difference between those and what's the benefit? Yes. So some families will get into fostering just to foster. Right. But it's funny because they'll get into just foster and then a child will become eligible for adoption. And a lot of times they'll go ahead and adopt the child, mm -hmm. right? Because you've already formed this bond and mm -hmm. you love this child. Mm -hmm. um, but there will be other couples who are really wanting to adopt. And so they can, in many states, um, they can foster to adopt. And so they 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 say that that is their goal up front. So that's what we said in Ohio. So they placed children with us that were mo more likely yeah. to be adoptable. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's a, an amazing option for people that a lot of times they think it's just too expensive to adopt. You know, adoption agencies today, it can be anywhere from 30 40, to 60,000 yeah, dollars, yeah. I've even mm -hmm. heard 80, up to mm -hmm. 80,000 mm -hmm. dollars. It can be so expensive to adopt and that can really hold back a lot of people from even looking into it. Mm -hmm. But um, we ended up doing foster to adopt and we didn't pay anything. I mean, the state pays all those fees. So it's quite remarkable that, and, and I was meeting so many people in my classes who were adopting multiple children. A lot of times they will get one child and then they end up getting a sibling mm -hmm. and another sibling mm -hmm. and they end up adopting all of them, which, you know, for the family who's hoping, for the couple who's hoping to have a big family, this isn't a real option for them mm -hmm. to be able to do fostering to adopt. And of course, the primary, the primary goal of foster care is reunification with the birth family. So you have to understand that that is the goal. And you know, you wanna get behind that. You wanna yeah. pray mm -hmm. for the birth family that, that they can get their act together to be able to have their children. But if that's not possible, and a lot of times they're, it's not, yeah. it's just not possible. They need loving families who are going to adopt these children. Powerful. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Thank God we have tomorrow mm -hmm. to unpack this beautiful area more fully. What could be more important than God's children having a family uh, on a more permanent, mm 
basis, God's children, God in these children, as you do it unto them, you do it unto me. So join us again tomorrow so that you can consider the possibility of foster care and adoption. God bless you and all of your loved ones. Keep it on EWTN. Bye now.